and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Well, hello, friend, and welcome to episode 142 of the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast. I'm Brayden, your host. Nice to meet you, if we haven't met already. Today, I have a very exciting guest. I am joined by Crystal, who is the owner of Crystal Lily Creative. Crystal Whitaker, I should give your full name. Crystal, I always want to introduce you as Crystal Lily. I like literally forget your last name sometimes until I have to like go send you an email or something. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, Brayden. It's good. And that's, I mean, it's fine. So many people call me Crystal Lily at this point that I've just accepted it as my professional stage name. Yes. Yeah. That's like my, um, that's like Emily who, you know, Emily, she was in Unfuck Your Biz with you. Uh, yeah. Her business name is Anna Dolores Photography. So for the longest time I kept calling her Anna and she said she gets that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know Crystal, Crystal is a friend. She's also a student and she also is my brand photographer. So if you've seen my photographs, my photos on the Instagram or my website, that is the creative work of Crystal. But Crystal, um, you've since, I don't know if, if you would call it a pivot or just an addition to your business, um, but it's tell everyone, addition. yeah, tell everyone what you're up to now. Uh, yeah, so with with COVID, I'm trying to be as socially responsible as possible. So I haven't been promoting photo shoots during this time. And with my experience and expertise around inclusion, it has made it's made sense for me to start using that knowledge to educate people to make sure that they are making their businesses more genuinely welcoming and inclusive to all people. People were asking me a lot of questions around it, how I had such a diverse portfolio, how I had such a diverse client base. And I thought, okay, this, there's clearly a, a need for education around that. So I've been doing that really for the last, just about a year. Okay. Beautiful. Love that. So I'm going to make some assumptions, but correct, you know, you know me, you can correct me if I'm wrong, just say no, Braden, that's not correct. But I'm assuming that a lot of the conversation around what you're now doing got really big during the BLM movement last summer. Um, and it's always weird calling it a movement because like Black Lives Matter should just be like everyday life, right? But we all know like what happened last summer with all the protests. And then it, we had a lot of open, awkward, honest, necessary conversations in the online business space. So I have a lot of friends who, you know, definitely were work looking for some consulting services in this area during that time. Is that kind of when you started to pick up with this type of work? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Because uh, so for anyone who isn't familiar with me and my brand, I, I worked as a wedding photographer and that was something that people would ask me questions. Same thing. How do you have so many diverse clients? You know, the, the portfolio that you show is, is, a, is a pretty wide range. And after George Floyd was murdered, uh, Breonna Taylor, and then of course the Black Lives Matter movement, I started getting DMs out the wazoo. <laughs> people asking me questions on how they could be better. And one of my first things is this work is very, it, it requires a lot of energy. So that was the first step in me realizing, okay, if I'm going to be working with people in this capacity, I need to create programs around it because I cannot give that much time and energy for free. Yeah. You can't um, be like, just, you can't, you can't just have like DM conversations like all day long, every day. Right. No. And also this kind of work, you, you can't do the work just in DMs. You, you have to really have live conversations. You've got to get really uncomfortable with yourself and answer questions and admit things that are going to be uncomfortable. Maybe you don't necessarily want to admit, but that's part of the work. Yes. Agreed. Love it. Okay. So if you all want to learn a little bit more about Crystal and her business uh, in particular, we're not going to do a super long intro here. Crystal was on the podcast. I mean, I always want to say a long time ago, but it's only, I've only had this podcast for like a year and a few months, but it was episode 45. So if you want to go back to episode 45, uh, we did a full interview with Crystal. Crystal, I also interviewed on you on my old podcast. Yeah. So I, I, at least your third time, maybe more. I don't even know at this point. Um, but what we're going to talk about is just uh, last week, the week before that, relatively not long ago, I'm so eloquent today, you ran a challenge um, that you called the core value challenge. So we're going to talk about that. And I think you're going to teach us some stuff. So tell us what the core value challenge was exactly. Yeah, so the Core Values Challenge was an opportunity for business owners to come and watch me teach them how to uh, essentially narrow down what their core values are. I always recommend three to five core values. Some people come up with six or seven, but three to five is a pretty good range because I find that you can you can share the things that are most important to you in your business within that, within three to five words, and then you can do offshoots. So I hosted the first day, the, the challenge for the first day was really getting people clear on choosing which three to five words made the most sense for them and making sure that they sit with those. What do they mean to you? Why are they important? And then the second day we went into defining what those values mean, not only for them, but their clients. When you're choosing your values, you, you want to think more about just yourself and what's important to you. It's important to also consider how your values are going to be a benefit to the people that you're serving. Beautiful. Okay. So was it just a two day challenge? It was a three day challenge. So on the third day we got into some, so a little bit deeper homework, uh, I had people on the third day think about how they were going to use those values to create content. So for example, anyone who had a value of a community, how can you create content around those, that value of community? What does that look like? Introduce your values to your audience 
tell them what they mean to you, why they're important, and how they're going to benefit from them. And essentially, it was an opportunity for people to be able to stretch out their values and choose a theme for each week. So for example, my values are freedom, empowerment, self-care, community, and trust. So I could literally take my values and choose a theme for each week, starting with freedom and talk about freedom, why that value is important to me, how, how my clients can benefit from, from it, and uh, even share anecdotes, stories around things that have happened in interactions that really highlight how that value is showing up and being honored in my business and the way that I operate. Okay, so I do want to get more into each of those three steps in a little yeah. bit, but to tee that up, first question, how long, so we're going to kind of prepare people for a training that you're doing next week. So what's your train, what's your training going to be called? So I am hosting a masterclass and it is how to build an inclusive empowered brand because so much of what I'm doing is around inclusion and branding. So this, the, the challenge, kind of like the challenge homework is kind of like prep work for the free training. So if people wanted to, this episode comes out on Thursday, your masterclass is what day next week? Uh, Tuesday, the 23rd. Okay. So they have a few days so they can go through the challenge between now and then if they want to, right? Yes. They got yes, enough they time to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Like a month long thing. So yeah. next question is. When you want to build an inclusive brand, I'm assuming that your core values play into that. So tell us the importance of actually doing this exercise and why we would need to do it. That's a really great question. Uh, so yes, 100% core values should be taught. You should be able to identify where inclusion shows up within your core values. So going back to my own core values, if you, if you heard freedom, empowerment, self-care, community, and trust, inclusion isn't even listed as a value for me, but obviously I'm a very inclusive person. So where I look is how can I share my commitment to inclusion through my values? And the two values for me that are a representation of that are empowerment, because when your brand is inclusive and you are doing work that has a social impact in any regard, you are literally empowering communities. You're empowering people and giving them the space and uh, encouraging them to use their voices to speak up for what is right, for essentially human rights. Um, and then community, my, the community that I've built around my brand is also very inclusive. When we're serving people, we have to consider the fact that the people that surround our businesses, the people that are a part of the communities that we are serving, it's not just one type of person. So for me, it's really important to make sure that all people that are a part of my community feel welcome and they can see themselves represented. Gotcha. Okay. So... I think we all got that. I mean, probably most of us are on board with the fact that values are important, are important, right? But it never hurts to really uh, hone in on that message, right? And remind mm -hmm. people like this, because I think a lot of us, we like start our business, we like write our values, we're like, here are my values and they're in a notebook and then they get thrown into a closet or something. We don't really ever, but a lot of people I don't think do anything with them. Do you, yeah. do you feel like that happens a lot? Uh, it, it does, which is why I talk so much about core values. And when I'm working with clients, 
we, most of the work that we do hinges off of their core values because when you are really clear on the things that are important to you and how you want to show up in your business and in your life, you're going to naturally be attracting the things that are connected to that. And uh, it's, it's going to feel more authentic. It's going to, I can't believe I just said that word authentic. I actually hate it. <laughs> um, do, you, do you hate it just because it's overused though? Yes. Or do you like hate it for like other reasons? I hate it because it's overused. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely. Core values. You, you should be asking yourself anytime you're making decisions in your business. Um, does this make sense? Is this in, can I tie this back to one of my values? So even me, when I'm doing things, I will ask myself, does this fit? Does it make sense? Uh, and I also do check-ins. Am I honoring my core values in the direction that I'm going and the decisions that I'm making and how are they being honored? What did I do today to honor any or all of those values? Okay. So if we want to get started doing our values, we're going to dive into this challenge, right? So remind us what day one is. And I think what might be fun is if we kind of workshop it. So maybe yeah. we'll play with my core values. We can talk about your values, my values, um, because I'm always inclined to give an example for context, right? Mm -hmm. So what was day one or part one, step one of the process? Step one is to write down your top three to five core values and uh, make sure that you list those out. That is it. Choose your three to five core values. And I provided a very nice long list for people to choose from if they got stumped. <laughs> okay. I have what, what kind of is difficult for me, and this might just be in my own brain space. Other people might have this too. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I have what I call internal values and external values. And at first, that sounds, it sounds kind of shady because it's like, oh, on the inside, you really believe one thing, but you're projecting another thing. And that's not what it is for me. I have a set of internal values that I value um, for people like who are con like contractors who work with me and for myself. So it's how like my integrity and in running a business. Mm -hmm. And then my external values are kind of the things that I want to project like on social, right? So for example, one of my values, one of my internal values is resourcefulness. So there's no such thing as impossible. We just find a different way to get the work done. And that's something that I kind of promote within my team, but not really, like, I'm not going to promote that to my students because that doesn't really mean anything to them. I, I wouldn't think. I mean, I, I, as a former student, I think that that is actually a good value to share with your students. Yeah. Do you think mm -hmm. I project that to my current students? Like you find, like find a way to figure it out, get it done. I think because so. That, to me, that comes off, I mean, I kind of am harsh, but that comes off like really, like really harsh, right? When people buy a program, they expect you to handhold them to a certain degree to get, to get through the content. Absolutely. But you're, you are, you are providing a massive resource for your students. So even after they leave you, they still have access to that resource. They can go and review that information. So I think that's, I think it's fine. I don't think it's rude. <laughs> okay. So my, the internal values I have, so I, I pulled up um, our course, like our company core values document and they are compassion, ownership, resourcefulness, and fun. Those are our internal values. And then our external values aren't really words so much as statements, which you've read on my website before. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to suck. What, like it's hard. If Elle can do it, you can do it. Those kind of things. 
Yeah. Yeah. Listening to the words that you listed though, and knowing you, I think that you absolutely embody and live those values. Well, that's good. Okay. Awesome. Um, I feel like for me, compassion is the hardest one because I'm not like a warm, touchy feely person, right? It's not my inclination, but I think it's remembering that there are multiple ways to be compassionate, right? So in my mind, like in that context, compassion means just being sensitive to the fact that not everyone is going to be really good at calculating percentages when it comes tax time. And we need to be compassionate about that. Yeah, that's valid. And you're absolutely right. That's another thing too that, I'm t- that I tell people when they're going through and choosing their values, because some people will be like, I have too many words, or, or I don't really know if this is a fit. Y- what you just described is literally thinking about the economy of the word and all the many different ways that you can use it. Yes, agreed. Okay, so what are some of the really popular uh, values that you see from your students? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, So popular values, definitely community. I see community pretty often. Um, uh, Social justice has been a popular one lately. Uh, And I do see freedom. I think that freedom tends to be popular just by nature of us all being entrepreneurs and kind of sticking it to the man, so to speak. Like, well, Again, this is, it's probably a stupid nuance, but for me, I think of freedom as a really important internal value for me because I'm building a business that allows me to have flexibility and freedom, but Mm -hmm. it's not, I guess it's not like a value I would ever think to project out there, but then you can think about it in the context of, well, am I helping other people create more freedom in their lives and their business? Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on what your business is, right? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I chose freedom. Um, and what's another one? Integrity. People, people are definitely big on integrity, which is good. We should all care about being in- integral in our businesses. Yes. Yeah. I think when, whenever I look at those like lists of values though, I think there are the ones, there's always the ones that like we as a society would really put up on a pedestal. And I think all of us are tempted to choose those like integrity, respect, compassion. Like those are all the things we're taught to be as a young child, right? So we want to mm-hmm. pick all of those. But in reality, like all those things might not be our strengths. So would we, should we really be projecting that if it, that's not like what our core business and personal, like personality strengths are anyway? That is a really good question. I would say if you want to choose it and you recognize that it's not a strength, maybe that's an opportunity for you to really practice it. Um, And the other thing, too, is that maybe if it's, you know, integrity uh, or strength, maybe you don't list it as a value, but it kind of falls in the category of one of the values that you listed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I just I'm just picturing like when you read like corporate value statements or you know you read like read some of this like corporate language, you go to these websites. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it sounds like such generic and people are just clearly choosing what they want people to have them say, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we just had a brief moment of internet issues. We're back in business. Crystal, we just talked about um, our core values. So we do, I think you said three to five core values, right? Yeah, ideally three to five core values. And if you come up with more than that, think about the economy of each word and determine whether or not any of those can be consolidated. Okay, perfect. So 
after we come up with our core values, what is step number two? So step number two is actually a two-part exercise where uh, the first question you want to answer is to describe why each of the values you chose are important to you. So you're going to list each value and describe why each one is important to you. And then the second part is to describe how the values you chose are a benefit to your client. So you'll list them out and write out the ways that you believe your client benefits from you having those values. All righty. Should we, should we give an example for this one? Yeah, sure. I'm going to put you in the hot seat though, Brayden. Okay. So um, what, I guess which value is is the one that you feel most, it matters the most to you in your business? I don't know about matters the most, but one that we try to, one that I try to really focus on is the value of fun. Okay. So why is that important to you? I think it's, I think it's important because we talk about a topic that's not inherently fun, like this, like this podcast, right? So most people, you know, don't roll out of bed in the morning and they're like, you know what I really want want to listen to today? Some information on law and tax. So it's, <laughs> it's something that be, brings people stress and anxiety and they know that they have to deal with it and they think it's like very complicated and scary. So if we can bring fun and levity to it and just make the content more digestible, it's going to actually make people pay attention, get more eyeballs on the content, but actually help people implement what it is that we're trying to teach them. Okay. So do you feel like you're also maybe answering part two and in, in how that value of fun is important, uh, or I'm sorry, benefit to your client? Yes. Okay. Um, let's pick another value. Let's pick one that's a little bit more serious just for, for the funds, the flip side. Okay. Let's do, uh, what are, I have to pull my document back up. <laughs> what are the other ones that I mentioned? Okay. So we have... With the Wi-Fi issues, I like closed all of my tabs. So we had core values, um, compassion, ownership, resourcefulness, and fun. Let's do ownership. Yes, I like that one. Okay. So, so what am I doing? Why is ownership important to you? It's important to me because we're all owners of a business, but that's obvious, right? But I think a lot of people forget that they have to take ownership over everything that they're doing. So this is where it's kind of, it's, it's, it's that weird dichotomy of, you know, like modern day, we should want to help each other, all this kind of stuff. But then, you know, like my hard ass grandpa is going to say like, no one owes you anything and you got to work for yourself and roll up your sleeves and all that bullshit. Right. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like that get shit done mentality. And I think that a lot of that is lacking in uh, modern day online business education. And we need to provide a little bit more of that tough love. So I'm going to give you all the resources, but you have to take ownership over your business and realize that you need to learn this. You need to put in the work. Otherwise like success is not going to just going to fall into your lap. Okay. So you're also touching on, uh, it sounds like the answer to the second part of this is like how that bene benefits your client. So can you give a little more color on how own, taking ownership is going to be a benefit to your client, like that value? 
Sure. So one of our big one, like one of my big takeaways is something I talk a lot about in my book is that you have, everyone has to own the CEO role in their business. So again, it's taking ownership of the company that you want to build. And this is a big reason why I've also pivoted away from like the one-on-one services where I do all of the work and then you just run with it, which is what most people would want from an attorney. But when it comes to setting your business up for success, like forming your LLC, setting up your cash flow, if you don't take ownership over those roles, then like the reality is there's a good chance you're going to get fucked over by someone that you hire because you're not going to know if they're actually doing the work and how are you going to audit whether they're doing the work if you don't know the steps that go into it to begin with. So with a certain degree, I tend to have this mentality that people should DIY a lot more in their business than maybe they think they should, at least in the beginning, until they have the experience to outsource it. This is why like, I took the time to learn Facebook ads and email marketing, and like, I do a lot of my own graphic design. And then you can start to slowly outsource the stuff that's not in your zone of genius. But now I at least know like, how to log into my Facebook account and I mean, check that stuff's not super messed up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Facebook ads are like a whole nother beast. I know that was probably a bad example because I haven't even outsourced Facebook ads, but if I ever do, like I've heard of people getting screwed over with Facebook ads all the time because you can dump $5,000 into it and get no results. Um, And so it's important that you at least know enough of the lingo. So if I go to talk to ad consultants, I can talk to them about, well, who are we targeting? It's like an interest-based target audience, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's the same Concept applies when you go to hire a bookkeeper, an accountant, or an attorney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's that's a good answer. All right. So let's get into step three, which might be a little challenging to do here on the podcast, but if you were to put out content and have themes for each of your use your your core values as themes for each week for the next few weeks. How would you, how would you organize those? Would you start with fun or would you start with something a little more serious and work your way up to how you're going to share why the values matter to you and how they benefit clients? Oh, well, we'd probably weave them all in and out. So this is actually, this is actually a great exercise for me to be doing because we're coming up on our next launch of Unfuck Your Biz in April. So stay tuned, everyone. You should join. It's going to be awesome. And when we do that, like there, there's no secrets here. Like we have, um, and Crystal knows this because she's a fellow course creator. We have what we call pre-launch content. So before we launch something, we have content that helps prepare our audience for that launch. So one thing I can always do is I can talk about all of these core values. And when I'm talking about ownership, just repeat everything that we've talked about. And that becomes great pre-launch content because it helps everyone see and realize why it is that I think that they need this course, even if maybe they already have the money to go hire people right now. It's like, well, that's great, but you still need to learn it. So it's great uh, warm-up content, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good idea. You should definitely weave your core values into your pre-launch. I think that's super helpful. Coming soon, everyone. It's going to be a, a podcast episode on like three weeks. So I already have it mentally prepared now. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, of course, really easy to then tie that into Instagram posts. And the nice thing now is the podcast feeds all my other content. So I just do the podcast episode and then we can create 
you know, we do Pinterest graphics and IG stories and Instagram posts and Facebook posts and ads and all that stuff. Yeah, I love that. And then the other part too that I, I always want to encourage people to consider, I know I said it earlier, but I can't stress it enough. Make sure that you commit to honoring your values in your business. Check in with yourself. And, you know, I, I actually have my values there uh, on a piece of paper taped up at my desk. I have a, another piece of paper taped in my mirror where I brush my teeth in the morning. And it's one of those things where you just kind of see the values and make sure that they are being honored. And, you know, check in, what did I, what things did I do today or this week or this month that were connected to my core values? Did I do anything that doesn't fit with this? And I also encourage people to revisit your values at least once a year. So you're, when you revisit your values, you might find that they evolve, um, maybe not necessarily change completely, but they do evolve. Um, and that's something that you always want to take stock of to make sure that you are constantly feeling connected to what's important to you and what you're sharing with your community. Yes. I like, I like the idea of adding the values right beside my rocks that I review every week. You know mm. what I'm talking about, how that works. Yes. yes. Um, and you know what? I'm not even going to explain that on the podcast. You got to join my programs to get all that juicy information. But basically, it's the stuff that we look at every Monday morning when we sit down to plan our calendar. And it's you know, real quick, real quick touch in. Crystal, and another thing that I'm kind of thinking about is that a word that, so this is maybe where I get confused with internal and external values is really they are, maybe they are the same thing. The difference is is that for me, compassion is a really easy, all-encompassing word, but compassion is probably like not a word I'm going to use a lot on my social media because it just doesn't really feel like me. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing is I'm presenting compassion from a different lens with different vocabulary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the way that you explained it earlier makes complete sense this is for what you do and how you're serving your audience, because right. not everybody understands things like taxes and all, all, all of the back end stuff when we're talking about our finances. I mean, even me, you know, <laughs> I know that I got plenty of laughs when I was in your program because there were some things that just completely escaped me because my brain didn't work that way, but you never made me feel stupid. And there, there was clearly compassion in that. Right. And I think, I, I mean, I think that's like a, a missing thing in my industry for sure. But I mean, that's everywhere, right? You like pretty much anyone, when you get a lot of information yourself, you tend to scoff at people who don't have the information. And it's like, well, I didn't know this shit until I paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for someone to teach it to me in the first place. Mm-hmm. A, and then B, it's like, I bought a DSLR camera and never learned how to use it and then how to sell it. So that like, I think that's one of the ways that I project compassion is I explain to people like, yeah, I know this because like I took the time to learn it, but there are a lot of things that you do in your business that I don't know. So like you're paying me to give you the information that you don't have. So like, why would we present that in any kind of belittling way? It just doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. And then, you know, people are going to be upset because they've had a terrible experience and they don't feel like they got anything out of it because they weren't able to connect to you because they right. felt guarded and defensive. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you see it like in the movies and people go to like art, like stuffy art museums or, you know, and like a uh, pretty woman when she goes into the fancy store and people are, you know, you, you get the judgment right from the people. And it's like, well, Oh, I came here because I want some nice clothes. Like that's what I want you to help me. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> it is true. And I have money like, <laughs> um, right. and one thing, cause you, you've touched on this a couple of times in terms of having slightly different values internally and externally. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes the values that you have in your business are going to be a little bit different from the values that you have in your personal life, you know, and how you're showing up in your family or in your friend groups. There's nothing wrong with that. Even I, so I have a separate set of values for relationships. And when I'm thinking about relationships, I am talking about personal, professional, romantic, platonic. It doesn't matter. I just think like, what do I need if I'm going to have any sort of like a relationship connection with someone? And they are different from the values that I share in my business. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think it's, it's really... I feel like I feel like I could pick you could pick like almost any core value and I could use the definition to some way support the way that I run my business but it's like it's going to be more natural in some contexts than it is in others. So for the compassion example again, it's not something I had as like our core our core core business values that was redundant. We had it more as an internal value from the context of if someone emails us about a payment plan issue because they're going through a hard time, like we need it, we need to show compassion in that sense. But then when mm -hmm. we talk about it in like the marketing context, it makes a lot of a sense as well, just in a different manner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I will also argue, Braden, too, uh, even though you're not a touchy feely person, you do care about people and you clearly care about human rights and all of those things. And periodically, I've seen you share things that could be perceived as compassionate in relation to the, the truth that Black Lives Matter or love is love. Uh, so I Okay, I well, don't tell anyone that because I have a bitchy, <laughs> cold, hard exterior I have to uphold here, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you like how I lean in the opposite direction of like most people who would want to consider themselves like a, a thought leader, so to speak. Yeah. You're like, oh, feelings. Let me go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it is, you know, it's one of those, every, I feel like people can see through it. A lot of it is, um, what do we, what's the, what's that buzzword that we got? Performative. Last year? Yeah. It's, it comes off as like too performative. And so if any, if anything, I was am wanting to lean away from that, I'm like, oh, people are the worst. I can't. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Yes. So beautiful. Everyone go through these exercises. At least you can obviously get out a pen and paper and really write this down. But if anything else, like, you know, meditate on it for five minutes, like think about it, get the wheels turning. I feel like that's yeah. a good place to start. And then tell us what we're going to learn. Excuse me. Tell us what we're going to learn on your masterclass next week. Okay, so the masterclass, I, I've been working on this for a while. I'm really excited to be sharing it on how to build an inclusive, empowered brand, because I think that as business owners, we, we really need to consider the way that we're showing up. And so I'm going to, I will be talking a little bit about core values, but I'm also going to be covering uh, the things that you need to consider when you're really considering branding and inclusion. Um, my four-step process for really what you need to the steps that you need to take to build a brand that is truly inclusive and feels empowered to you. So my four step process is, uh, I'll just give you my little buzzwords as a little taste is to first clarify 
that your understanding of um, branding and inclusion and what that really means in your business. And then you want to think about what you're rooting in your business, your brand story and in the roots of why your business exists. Uh, and then you've got to disrupt everything that is familiar to you because a, a lot of the work when you're talking about bringing inclusion into your business, it's going to, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be disruptive. You're going to have to sit in that awkward phase of identifying any bias and all that stuff that it's not fun, but it's necessary. And then finally, I'll talk about uh, the create phase where you get into taking all of that foundational information and messaging and really creating a truly inclusive, empowered uh, series of brand messages. Love it. Okay. I'm very excited. I just registered. So I will be there Tuesday, February 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's one o'clock Eastern for all of you East Coast people, 12 Central, 11 Mountain. How good am I at time zones? So good. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to share before we wrap this thing up? I think we covered it, y'all. Um, I know that we are, we're in a stage right now where people are really wanting to dig in and make sure that their brands are genuinely welcoming and inclusive. So if you have the time, definitely make sure you show up. Uh, if you register and you're not able to make it live, I will send out a recording, but it's definitely better if you can make it live. That way, if you have questions, I can answer them for you. Yes. Come, come live. Come join us live. It's going to be fun. I'll be there. We can hang out. Okay. <laughs> so Crystal, you know, I have a Facebook group called Braden's Besties. All of you should go join. We do free live Q&As every Friday. We post question collection thread on Monday. You can submit questions to me. And then I answer them every Friday in our Facebook group. It's awesome. Braden's Besties. Crystal, if people want to become Crystal's Bestie, what's the best way for them to do that? Should they follow you on Instagram? What, where's, where's the best place to go? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Crystal Lily Creative, and that's Crystal with a C, and there's only one L in Lily. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook uh, under Crystal Lily Creative as well. But I spend more time on Instagram. That's just, it seems to be where people are at. Yes, Crystal, I send a lot of voice memos on Instagram. She's very responsive. Go follow, sign up for the class. And Crystal, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.